0: All right, as usual on a Monday morning at ten fifteen, we are joined on the uh, the Miller Time Hotline now by uh, two gentlemen, which uh, need no introduction. But I'm going to go ahead and introduce them anyway. It's Wazi Warren Harold, the man who single handedly arranged for uh, Vanderboom to be on air with us in the next hour, and also the great Stuart Dando. Gentlemen, good morning and welcome to Miller Time.
1: Uh, good morning. Good morning. Gee.
0: How's it? Are you guys good keeping morning, uh, keeping warm this morning?
1: Shoo. Oh, yeah, How's this? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> Who left the fridge door open? I, I mean, know. honestly, somebody no, no, Wazzy. It's not even. It. It.
0: It's not even the fridge. It's the freezer. Somebody just. I mean, they they just went straight for the big guy. Big guy.
1: <laughs> mm. Exactly. What's, so going what's going on? The good news is, well, oh, I feel like I'm in 1985, actually, mate. 1985. Um, yeah, juller mågdrunk, men juller måg ikke I feel like it's it could it could be it it, it could be waving his finger at yeah. us with, with a hat on. You know, there's a resemblance between him and Becky. But but you know what? The the, the economy keeps on rolling. Yeah, um, I, I under um, I don't season's... know
0: how actually really
1: Stuart's going to tell us an amazing story just now about a guy that has made over two billion uh, uh, dollars yeah um, because of what he saw in the markets. but let's start with um, this rate cut Stuart and if I may um, it's it's something that I' I don't understand so a quick lesson why why do we refer? Um, instead of saying there's been a 2.75% um, rate cut, Stuart, wh- why do we mm-hmm. always refer to it as basis points? So mm-hmm. there's been a 275 uh, basis point reduction. Um, wh- why do why does the Reserve Bank and <laughs> banking, why do they refer to it as that?
2: Well, I don't think it's entirely fair to say that it's just them. It's sort of the finance world refers mm-hmm. to it as uh, mm-hmm. just as basis points. So 100 hundred basis points makes up one percent, um, mm. and they always talk. Yeah, they always talk in basis points, or what you will, if you if you're in the sort of the, the inner circle and mm. in some of the corridors, you'll hear it referred to as bips or BPS. That's so if something has moved five, 10, 15 yeah. bips. Um, as for the you know? as yeah. yes, as as historically where that comes from, I'm not, not entirely sure. Right. But yeah. uh, we often refer to basis points or percentage. Ah. Um, but yeah, we've had a we've had another rate cut. Wow. Uh, which I think was widely expected. Mm-hmm. If you, I, I follow, I follow the guys at Bloomberg quite a lot, and of the nineteen analysts that were polled, seventeen of them were expecting fifty basis points. Turns out it was a bit cl- uh, It turns out it was actually quite close. Um, the the MPC, the five members, three of them voted for a fifty basis point cut, and two voted for a twenty five basis point cut. Wow. Um. So I think they yeah. are getting to the end. Definitely getting to either either the end or very near to the end of their cutting cycle. We might see another 25 in July, um, but the jury's out on that. You've started to see inflation expectations, uh, oil price expectations come through, um, and those might provide some headwinds to any further cuts. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Now this might be, well, no, we, we'd like another cut. Um, yeah. So 50. So look, 275 basis points from the beginning of the year is around a 40% reduction in the in the in the red yeah. So if you think wow. about yeah. that, it's 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 absolutely mm-hmm. mammoth. Um, it, it really, really is mammoth. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But we've absolutely. had to, and fortunately we've had room to. Fortunately we've had room to. Uh, a lot of countries around the world haven't had that luxury to continue cutting rates to try and boost, you know, their economies. Uh, mm-hmm. We fortunately have had a bit of margin, and we still have some. Um, but it, uh, the, the 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 jury tends to be; it looks to be split as to whether or not we will see another one. I think we'll probably see another 25 in July um, as the sort the of repercussions of the of of COVID 19 come through when we start to see the real effect of how many businesses are closed, how many jobs are lost. Mm-hmm. So I think we probably will see another 25 basis points. Um, but that remains to be seen. There so are there wrong. are other moving parts that play a part.
0: It's going to be like a roller coaster Absolutely. effect, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 difficult. I think if you look at, I mean, if you look at some of the numbers around the world, um, a lot of economies that are going into recessions, the numbers in the first quarter are bad, but the numbers predicted for the second quarter are materially worse. Mm. Um, and I don't think we fully grasp how big those are yet. So mm. I think a lot of central banks are being quite are quite cautious. Uh, but also, a lot of people are loath to make sort of any sort of predictions because I think they fear that there are risks to the downside as opposed to the upside.
1: I do believe that um, we are in what a 50 uh, a 50 year low in terms of. Uh, uh, um our, our repo rate is—is is that correct?
2: Something, some, something along those lines. I don't know the actual year, but yes, yeah, mm-hmm. something along those lines. It's, it's historic. It's uh, some of the stuff that. Uh, well, I'm not sure how many. I'm not sure how old the team is. Uh, but certainly, for me personally, I've not seen rates this low in my lifetime. So, uh, no. so yes, was I'm not sure about you. <laughs> with respect. <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> with respect. Wow. I, I, I was Stuart being, Dando I, from I, downtown. I not being facetious at all. I really wasn't. I apologise.
1: Yeah, I didn't call a backhanded I, comment oh, from my my last week. So um, we'll we'll go one all, okay? Stuart, tell us about Bill Ackerman.
2: <clears throat> or Ackerman, so, should I say? Yeah, Bill Ackerman. So. um so, Bill Ackman is a, a hedge fund manager. Uh, he mm-hmm. manages a fund called the Pershing Square Hedge Fund. And can you tell, at the can beginning of. The listens yeah.
1: listens what a hedge fund is in terms of us. Hedging against. So, um,
2: so a hedge fund. So, if you think about a normal equity fund, um, just a very simplistic, a very simplistic example. So, if you let's let's take for example the Allen Gray Equity Fund. Uh, the Allen Gray Equity Fund. What they would do is they are a long-only equity manager. So, what that basically means is they are purchasing stocks and shares in the hopes that they will go up in value <laughs> over time, so they can buy them at price A, sell them at price B, and hopefully make some money. That's if you're going long on a stock. Okay. If if you mm. are negative around a certain stock or you are pessimistic around a stock or a market, the there are instruments that exist um, that allow you to do what they call shorting, which is take a short position on something. So yes. you can basically say, I think the market's going to go down um, and I take a position on that. Right. And that's, and that's so, so hedge funds are able to use all those types of instruments mm, and they do totally. it through options and futures and all sorts of other things. What Bill Ackman okay. did was he utilized a very interesting instrument called the CDS, which is a credit default swap. The best way to describe what that is, is basically if you take a view on something, obviously a negative view, otherwise you wouldn't take insurance on something. It's basically like taking out fire insurance on someone else's house. (laughs) So if you think, that's exactly what it is. So if you think (laughs) I'm going to take out some fire insurance, let's use an example. Let's say we've got Waza and he owns a home and he has been known of late to (laughs) follicle to frolic in his garden with a little match <laughs> and some paraffin you may think that there is a, a credible reason for you to take out fire insurance so it's yeah. basically taking out insurance on something you don't own how does stuart dando what know what i him do him in
0: my garden at 10 p.m on a friday night how does he know
1: <laughs> who's spying and yeah. reporting you, back to I, stuart i did i thought I t- I t- i've a student i've look, and I have discussed you at length that i bet and you have you know, he- he won't come on the show unless he knows, you know, the background of people. <laughs> it's nice
0: to have such a uh, such a broad fan club.
1: Uh, so right, so Bill Ackman took a short. Okay.
2: So what? So what he did was he, in his hedge fund, which is about six point five billion, he has quite a concentrated number of stocks, and he knew that those stocks would drop in value with the rest of the market. So what he did was he hedged against that risk and started buying up what they call CDSs, so credit default swaps. He managed to buy just around 27 million of them. And what, what happens is they're actually priced, they're priced over a five-year period. So he would have to, going into that contract, he would have to pay $27 million a month for the next five years. Depending wow. on how they move, yeah. because the market dropped so quickly, he was able to offload those positions, and in around a period of thirty-five days, he made just on two point six billion dollars. It's around a hundred, a hundred percent of his money in thirty-five days. Wow! It's been, it's been, it's been touted as the greatest trade of all time.
0: We're talking wow. with uh, wow. Stuart wow. Dando and uh, Warren Harold here. This is the weekly squawk on Miller Time.
1: You've got, you've got an, another one here that's rather interesting that also pertains to the U.S. Um, Stuart, where... Um, your head, your, well, your headline, your introduction is a somber tribute. Um, yeah, which I sound
2: so interesting. It, it's interesting. The New York Times over the weekend, um, in tribute to those who've lost their lives in the COVID-19 fight, uh, they they printed the name, age, city, state, and brief facts about 1,000 people who've lost their lives. This was on the front page of the New York Times over the weekend. Mm. Um, so yes, I, I think if you look at, if you look at what's interesting is how politicized COVID-19 has become. And if you, we won't delve into it now, but if you go and have a look at the history of the relationship between Donald Trump and the, the, the New York times, uh, you may find some interesting, some interesting facts there. Um, but it was quite a, Quite a somber, quite a poignant reminder. Um, and it definitely had echoes of 10 years ago when, um, sorry, not 10 years ago, 9-11. What's that, almost 20 years ago now. And there was definitely some echoes there of, um, you know, the, the gravity of the loss of life. Um, so, yeah, our thoughts are with it's,
1: them. Our thoughts are with them. I mean, it, uh, you say that, you know, there's there's echoes of 9-11 that resonates with most. But this, of mm. course, uh, we've lost more lives than, than 9-11. Far more deadly. You know? Far more deadly. Wow. And then yep. the Financial oh, well. Sector Conduct Authority has suspended someone for not being able to pay. You know, give us a uh, give us um, a quick rundown.
2: So yes, it's uh, look, uh, the, the, there was a note that came out by the FSCA quite recently. Um, so I'm, I've tried not to share my opinion on this um, because I don't want to overstep. But the Financial Services, uh, the Financial Sector Conduct Authority, FSCA, suspended the license of Exponent. Um, they are a company that has, over the last couple of years, been raising considerable capital through the sale of what they call redeemable preference shares. So yes. what would happen was there were different types of classes, but just for simple, simple um, explanation, you would purchase a simple uh, class of shares and then you would earn a dividend or an income off of this. Yes. And because that looks, because that looks um, sort of on paper to be fairly similar as sort of purchasing a pension, so a lot of um, a lot of people who purchase pensions and then get money on a monthly basis, a lot of them were lured into that. Um, but unfortunately, what, what the FSC has found is that um, Exponent didn't necessarily explain the underlying risks properly to those investors. Um, as such, they didn't understand what they were getting into. And if everything was OK, no one would have known that no one would have been any the wiser. But unfortunately, some of their investments didn't play out the way they had hoped. Um, and they were in the last sort of two months, they had to declare that they were unable to make good on those payments. And they have left a lot of people yeah, in a very difficult situation. Well, this,
1: is, this is repercussions for uh, fsps which uh, listeners is a financial service provider um uh, has has repercussions on on us uh, uh, financial service providers because we have a duty to consider th- the suitability um of any proposed inv- uh, investment for a client um so i yeah i think that uh, some people are going to be in somewhat of um, warm if not quite hot water when it comes to this
2: uh, you know what, Warren? I think I think ultimately, I think ultimately it's good. What it does show is it does show that the FSCA um, it shows their intention, not only their intention, but their willingness to act against um, institutions that don't necessarily that don't follow the code. And I think what that would do, I think what that should do ultimately, um, is give some comfort to purchasers mm-hmm. of financial products to know that there is oversight. Uh, regulation oversight and there are consequences. So those that operate in the financial industry must take into account their investors' personal circumstances and make sure that the products they advise them on and ultimately market to them are suitable to their goals, objectives, needs, wants, and so on and so forth. So I think I think something like this should give um consumers comfort that there is, you know, there is a, a big brother there, sort of watching. Over the conduct and if there is any um any malfeasance or, or, or dereliction of duty that it will be dealt with
1: yeah i think it's a good thing um i must say that it it, it does um add somewhat of a um uh, shall we call it a spanner in the works because i know sometimes i'll be chatting at a bra and someone will say something and i'll pass a comment and i'll go oh really 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 will you do? and i go whoa 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 no hold on a moment okay i've just made a comment Please, if you want to see me on Monday or Tuesday, we can sit down and we can go through a risk profile. I've made a comment and you might only have a hundred thousand rand left to your name and I've made a comment and you get you're going to go in, into this, you know, uh, and, and, and buy it and then blame it on me and probably win. In a court of law. So, yeah, you know, I, I really do. I'm, I'm so, so careful when um, uh, having a chat around a fire or, or anywhere, for that matter of fact. <clears throat>
2: I think that's good. I think the yeah. law the law stipulates that you cannot you cannot dispense with financial advice unless the, unless you are suitably qualified and experienced. Absolutely. And again, just to protect consumers. So yes, Warren, next time at your you're at a bride, please be careful. Don't Absolutely. dispense with any advice.
1: Especially if you're drinking home brew. Um, <laughs> some-
0: <laughs> Do we want to know how the home brew was made? No, we don't.
1: No. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, no no, we, are, no, no we don't want to know. <laughs> If we have a look at the indicator, I see two two things that uh, sort of encourage me a little bit. Again, uh, the, the first being the rand dollar. I mean, the 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 rand dollar has, when I say strengthened, I mean in our favour. To um, it's come all the way down to 17.58. I mean, it was trading over 18 dollars. Cool. What, mm. what was the worst it's been at,
2: Stuart, in the last mm. uh, a couple I of years? I think it was 19. If memory serves, it was 1935, yeah. and that was yeah. sort of midway through March, if memory so serves.
1: I, I've got a, I've got a few clients that are in. Uh, they have these things, uh, a, a tribe called a Dollar life Plan, where. If if uh, your, the dollar doesn't go through 18 rand, we guarantee you at that stage. I think it was 18 rand, um, 11 rand uh, 90 or something. It's now still at good value of 12 rand 90 um, per dollar. I mean, you're basically buying um, your life cover at such a wonderful discounted rate. But that leads me. It gives me a perfect segue to. Talk about Brent crude because it looks like the guys are now actually starting to make a dollar or two per barrel.
2: um That's risen to thirty-four, thirty-two. Stuart, it has, yes. Um, again, it's such a difficult conversation because it depends. Again, depends the lens you're looking through. Are you looking through it? Um, are you looking through it? Um, as as it depends on the countries. If you look at Russia, you look at Saudi Arabia, you look at. Uh, sort of to a lot lesser, a lesser degree Nigeria, Venezuela, those types of countries you 've got to look at what do they need to produce oil at when mm. a dollar when a barrel becomes profitable, and those differentials are enormous yes, um, some yes. of your big players some of your big players can produce at very low levels and still break even or just make a profit. The same cannot be said for some of your smaller producers um, so the uh, an oil price at this level I think a lot of if I, if I read uh, if i read a lot of the sort of projections i think a lot of um investors are expecting somewhere between 35 and 40 dollars a barrel average this year and that could go as high as a 45 to 50 average next year um but ultimately global demand is low and will remain low for longer uh, like yeah. i said last week people are going to drive cars less we're going to fly in planes less um, so that there's going to be a new sort of normal level for oil, whatever normal means. Um, but it definitely isn't going to be as high as it used to be. I, I see. See, you and the
1: boss and everyone are, are, are going to be able to travel um, the country again and go to the various branches because, of course, with uh, going down to level three now, business travel will be allowed again. So um, that'll that'll also help somewhat, you know.
2: I think so. But I, again, I don't think I don't think any of us are going to be that that um eager to get into an airport <laughs> and hop onto a plane anytime soon i really think you're yeah. going to see a a, a, a definitely a, a depression in demand for a long time yeah. I, I mean, s- I personally i can do a lot of my work from home so yeah. i won't be getting onto a plane anytime soon unless i absolutely have to
0: one thing i did want to mention on that front uh Stuart is i noticed uh, I, I actually did some playing around the domestic flights in the united states are still happening they've never stopped and um, they they cannot give tickets away. I saw a round trip from Orlando, Florida, to Detroit, Michigan, for instance, for thirty five dollars. I've never in my life. Yeah, typically, that trip will cost you two hundred fifty, three hundred dollars. Sure. Um, I've never in my life yep. seen tickets that cheap. And, they, and people are saying people that do have to fly that don't have a choice are, um, are very few and far between. And, and they're, I guess, loving it. But, I mean, I just like I don't know. I don't like airports in normal times. And despite the fact that I, I, I'm not sure about half the things I hear about this virus or whether I should actually be as worried as, as some people say I should or not. Uh, do I want to be in an airport right now? No, I don't.
1: Well, well let's put it this way. So I, I read that the financial services um, in my game basically we, we're allowed now to uh, sort of uh, go out that. But of course, as, as the tribe know, I do specialize in doctors. So I ain't going to be, uh, I'm not going to be changing my <laughs> modus operandi anytime soon. I'm still going to be doing my Zoom meetings and, and all that kind of stuff. Speaking of hospitals, um, y'all, uh, our, our Prof Glenda Gray, Stuart, um, there was mm. a news article this morning. You want to take us through that? And are there any financial repercussions with regards to this uh, distancing?
2: Um, I'm not sure if there are any financial repercussions, but I think politically it's an interesting thing. So, for those that follow the news, you would have you you may have read some comments mm-hmm. by a professor, um, Glenda Gray, and she what she what she basically came out and said was that she didn't understand some of the regulations and that some of them weren't based on any sort of scientific evidence. Um, things like open-toed shoes, only jogging between six and nine, and one or two others. And I think mm-hmm. she it has been it has been understood or at least been said that she very much spoke out of turn, which I kind of, I kind of agree with. I think those are the comments that really should be made behind closed doors because I think that when they get made outside of certain institutions and certain organisations, it does seem it does seem to be dissent, and that can then manifest in very dangerous ways. Absolutely. So I think she probably did step out. of, she probably did um, she probably did make a misstep there, and I think that is. I mean, you you would have seen. It's my quote. It, uh, there was a, an apology from the SM SAMRC, which is the. Um, the South African, uh, what is it, the Medical Research Council, just apologizing to the Ministry of Health, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably a good move. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if there are any further repercussions, because, I mean, some of the comments that were made about um, about the professor were horrible. I mean, they vilified her almost with no restraint Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out this week Uh, but ultimately I think it's a good thing that people are being a little bit more circumspect and apologizing for things that may have been done in the heat in the moment something interesting that that she did say which I found interesting was she said
1: there's a there's a lot more malnutrition cases coming through um, at at Baragwan it's obviously been an academic hospital Mm -hmm. um, that's part of of her scope and 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 without politicizing it i mean that, that, that's sad that's sad that we've got kids that are coming in <clears throat> that are basically bottom right. line they, they're not getting enough food they're not getting enough sustenance um so yeah oh, we, we we wait and we see don't we
2: we do it's a balancing act you got to weigh up you've got to weigh up the cost of human life with the cost of not opening up the economy and taking right. your chances it's a balancing act that everyone's going through at the moment.
1: And I see one of my favorite uh, CEOs is in the news as well. Um, our CEO at Signia, Good old Magda. Um,
2: Machta. I'm not going to try and pronounce her surname, but uh, yes, Magda.
1: <laughs> Verzika.
2: Bless you. Um, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure.
1: So, 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 so tell us why you've got her in as the article of the week.
2: So she made a name for herself a couple of years ago. Signia is uh, an asset manager, and what they do largely is they invest in ETFs. Um, so, which is basically a passive type of investing, which an means there's no active management. Traded fund. An exchange-traded fund, yes. yes. So, so basically, it's a fund that mimics a type of index or a basket of assets. Um, and because it does that, there's no active management. And because there's no active management, it tends to be a lot cheaper. But she has been quite vociferous in her almost castigation of the industry to say that, you know, the industry is overcharging people um, and has done for a long time. And she made quite a name for herself as the the champion of the abused investor. Yeah. Um, but there has been an article that has come out fairly recently that has spoken about um, sort of some underhanded tricks, some extortion. I'm all hearsay at the moment. So please don't, don't take this as a, this isn't a court ruling or she hasn't been found guilty of anything. But in my article, I go into some interesting accusations uh, that probably do probably do um, need some further investigation. Yeah. But have a have a look at that in the article of the week. It's fascinating.
1: Absolutely, that that will be published just now once we once uh, the um, uh, you know everything gets vetted and there is a link to it. And um, should mind her own do- dirty laundry before launching mm. dirty tricks is part of that article, which I found. Um, yeah, I'm uh, definitely going to have a little read now. My favourite, of course, as you always know, the jargon of the week do
2: it yeah oh yeah so this week's this week's this week's jargon of the week is what they call a resistance level so when you are tracking something be it a stock be it a currency being at any sort of financial instrument or asset that moves up and down you get two types of levels you get a resistance level which is basically the price at which um, the asset it's basically it's sort of a price pressure on the way up so it almost there's almost a resistance to it going too high in value um, and what you find on the way down is you find support levels so you'll often you'll often hear when people talk about the rand they 'll say the rand uh, experiencing a support level of seventeen fifty which means that people have sold the rand quite a lot and it's gotten to a certain level where people aren't comfortable to sell it anymore because it becomes oversold um, also, or so or, or overbought depending on which way you're looking. so your yeah. resistance level is price on the way up, and your support level is price on the way down, and they provide you with some sort of corridor as to where that stock sort of is comfortable trading or asset or whatever it is you're trading
1: and then in conclusion sir um i'm going to start it for you my fellow south african <laughs> <laughs>
2: i think we all i think all, all i think we all tense up when we hear exactly. those words it we're about to like have something news. taken away from us wow <laughs> Uh, but I think last night it wasn't. Um, yeah. I think we can read a lot. We should read a lot into last night. Not only what was said, but what wasn't said. I think the last time Cyril, uh, President Ramaphosa addressed us, he looked quite tired. He looked quite embattled. Yeah. He looked as though, you know, he looked as though he'd, ha- he'd had to make certain concessions and didn't really have any new information. Whereas last night it was obvious who was in charge. I think the lifting of the curfew was great. Um, the alcohol, not because it's alcohol, because it was because it was nonsensical in the beginning, is good. Um, the exercise six to nine is gone. So I think a lot of the a lot of the uh, impositions uh, that a lot of people got uncomfortable with and sort sort of saw no sense to have been lifted. So I think that speaks to how much power he has in the background. The fact that we still can't buy tobacco, I think, does tell us something. But I think the, what it does tell us is he had to concede. I think he had to concede one or two things behind closed doors and tobacco is probably one thing he had to concede, whether there is scientific evidence or not. Um, But largely opening the economy, I think, should be viewed as a a win. But as he said, I mean, it's very important perhaps to end on this, as he said, um, this is now in our hands. So he's basically given us our keys back and said, guys, please, please be careful. Um, And I think it's incumbent upon all of us to do that. We still need to social distance, wear our masks, sanitize, practice good hygiene and just be just be circumspect and be careful and look after each other.
1: I think that is that is quite right. I mean, it's uh, it's wise words, because at the end of the day. We can be locked up as long as we want, but um, once we get out, um, and they have warned us about this, they've said once mm. lockdown's over, the numbers are going to rise. And it makes—I mean, I'm not a scientist, but it just makes scientific sense. Of course, the numbers are going to rise. And um, I see we're sending our kiddies back to school, um, which, which, which they say, oh, what only grade, a uh, grade 7 i so I'm sorry, now seven here's and my 12. age coming out. <laughs> well, I have to work out standards. Saturday, you know, Standard
2: 5 <laughs> and Standard 7. Yeah.
0: I don't standard understand. Standard
2: 5 and Standard 10.
0: I don't understand standard,
1: standards. No, Standard 5 and Matric. Yeah. Those are the ones. Mm. So standard 5 and stand, and, and Matric. Um, but yes, it's in our hands now. And the simple, uh, as Stuart, you put here, the simple truth is uh, thousands of people have lost their jobs. Um, I heard a figure of, of 2 million being branded about just in Gauteng alone um which which is is extremely concerning because it affects the poorest of the poor
2: hmm. um, i th- so- think that two million was a projection i think it wasn't two million currently i think it was may it? have been a projection into the peak um yeah. I, I don't i haven't seen the figure but it sounds like it was it was a projection into the peak yeah exactly so we wish
1: all all the kids going back to school we we we, we wish them the best um be blessed be sensible. Um, I, I saw another YouTube video the other day where uh, a dad was talking and he was saying, look, I have brought my children up. If an adult walks into the room, you get up and you go and shake the man's hand. And if you see an auntie, you go and you hug her. And we almost have to unteach the kids that right now, you know, and say, still be very polite and, 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 and you know, and, and, and have some, some, some reverence with regards to your elders. But, but we also need to now say, Hello, ma'am. Hello, sir. Maybe just, you know, give the the Japanese bow or something. But, um, yeah. Stuart Dando, thank you again so much for your valuable time. Mm -hmm. We always appreciate it. And um, thank you for dumbing it down for us. As always. No problem.
2: Thank you. As always. Stuart Dando. Be safe, everyone. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, team.
0: Stuart, Wazi, Ah. guys, thank you very much. Once again, the weekly squawk.